Yo, what's up, guys? Uh, it's Funke. Um, this episode, we talk about Empire Records, and there are a couple of mentions of self-harm with one of the characters, so check the description for uh, the timestamps. The, the photo that you sent of the Mars Attacks character looks like Mars Attacks with the mustache of the guy from Looney Tunes. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. What's his uh, name? Yeah. Yosemite, Yosemite Sam. Yosemite Sam. Yosemite Sam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true. It's very much Yosemite yeah. Sam. That's why Yosemite uh, Sam wears the hat. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start singing. <laughs> Say no more, money more. Say no more, money more. I don't know any of the other words. Something, something, but, uh, something, baby. That should should do the trick. Is that in the movie? That's Rex Manning's that song. <laughs> That's literally Rex Manning. Oh, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> is Rex Manning a real person? No. No. Oh, but I thought no. he was for the first half of the movie. I did watch the Oh, movie. really? Until he comes in? <laughs> yeah. He's not a real person. He's a fictional character. I... He is. Yeah, but I thought he might be like an obscure singer. And then he showed up. And I was like, oh, this is like a character. <laughs> but before he showed up, I thought he was real. Because Nara was talking about Rex Manning Day like it was a real day. It is a real day. It's April 8th. I didn't realize what you were talking about when you were saying <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I had no idea what you were saying. And then I looked it up like while I was watching the movie and I was like, oh my god, it's it's tomorrow. That's why you wanted us to watch this like right now. Did yeah. they ever say in the movie that it is April 8th? Because okay. I was looking for that. Yeah, the I reason it's April 8th is because Ethan Embry, who plays Mark, posted this really like... Like, it was April 8th before, but there's this, like, weird symbolic thing because it was... This is sad. This gets sad, but it was the day that Kurt Cobain's body was found three days after he committed suicide. Um, so it's, like, symbolic of, like, the transition from, like, like or, like, modern rock, like, ceasing to exist is, like, in a mainstream capacity anymore. Oh. What about but the it was Foo April Fighters? 8th before that? I don't know. That's just like what one of the actors from the movie said. I don't really care that much. I just think it's funny that this like really like beast status film has like a day. Which is today. So welcome everyone to this episode of Is It Whack? On Rex Manning Day. Uh, yes. It's Rex Manning Day. Is It Whack is a podcast where we talk about movies and, and specific movies and we discuss whether or not they're whack. But here's the thing. Whack can mean a lot of things. It's not just good or bad. It's mm. other things. Yeah, yep. weird, wild. And also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. like those things. We can't see each other. We're interrupting each other because we can't see each other. Because if you're listening far in the future, this was happening during the COVID thing. And we're all stuck yes. inside. And we can't see. Yeah, yes. we're looking at little icons on Discord. Yep. But I can see it shows up a little bit when you guys talk. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes and here's it the twist. <laughs> sorry. We oh sorry. Well, now we're all interrupting. Let me just say the twist real quick, and then we could we'll just bust right into this episode. Right now, we're in the middle of a series <laughs> where we're talking about movies that are all set in one location. That's because, like Seb said. We're in the middle of the COVID-19. The COVID-19. The Rona? Uh, and yes, and because 
we all should be, all, all of our lives should be set in one location right now. We've decided to talk about movies that are all set in one location. And through watching these, we're going to try and figure out how to best live life in one location. And today's movie is set in one location, and it is... Empire Records from uh, yes. 1995, I think. It's the original cut, not the 2003 recut. What what is the difference Ooh. between those? Did anybody watch the two thousand and three recut? Um, the main like the most obvious difference Mine is that said at the beginning. Yeah, so it should be in the original version in nineteen ninety five. Lucas just takes the money and goes to Atlantic City, but in the uh, recut, before he goes to Atlantic City, a woman, not Renee Zellweger, another woman comes into the store to try and buy something, and then they have a moment which makes him change his perspective. On life and then he goes to atlantic city oh. that did not happen in the one i saw no okay so none of us watched the recut great this is makes it a lot easier to talk about the film and you know what that sounds better well yeah because why did they add that better part? because because he goes to atlantic city for no reason <laughs> he goes to atlantic and city to so try and cool. save the store from becoming a music town <laughs> i thought it was a dream sequence <laughs> It was also, like, so I, absurd. I cheated a little bit because this movie isn't all in one location. It's mostly in one location. I I felt that. Yeah. It was it was the Empire Records was a spot. Like it yeah. stayed there. Like most of the plot happened in one location. There is like three scenes mm-hmm. in different locations. It feels like a one location film. And I just want to say, uh, when we uh posted the Breakfast Club last week and announced that we're gonna be doing films about one location. Um, my friend Emma Moore sent me a message and said, you should talk about Empire Records. Completely unprompted. Whoa. She said, you should talk about Empire Records. I had never heard a person other than Nara ever mention Empire Records. Yeah. Uh, and so Emma would be really excited right now to listen to this, except that Emma just left for uh, BC and went completely off the grid for the next four months. Oh, my God. So, uh, Emma. Emma, if you hear this four months from now... Hope you like this it. This one's for you. Um, maybe before we should start, because only apparently two people ever, me and Emma, have mentioned Empire Records, we should do like a plot summary because it's not as iconic as The Breakfast Club. That's true. Wait, are you saying uh, we should do Seb's summary corner? Maybe. Seb. Oh my god. Hey, Seb. Yeah, no, I'm happy to do that. Summary, 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 <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Sorry, we're on we're on delay, so it's you know it's not, it takes a little bit longer to get <laughs> to get from me to you. <laughs> Adam started singing thirty minutes ago, and it's just now. <laughs> All right, summary corner. Uh, Empire Records is one of those movies with a lot of characters and a lot of kind of plot lines and subplots going on at the same time. So I'll do my best. I did not prepare this. Um, But it's about an independent record store that uh, is facing uh, kind of a corporate takeover. And um, one of the employees, Lucas, is entrusted for the first time with closing the store. um, And he finds out about the corporate takeover and he decides that he will take the money from the store from that day. Um, and go to Atlantic City and bet all of it in an attempt to save the store. And he loses all the money. Um, and so all the different employees uh, kind of 
have their own problems while there's this overarching thing of the store being taken over. I feel like I shouldn't go plotline by plotline, at least like by myself. Like I feel like we should talk about. Yeah, we can yeah, work through it later. Together. Yeah, that's a good like groundwork for what the movie's about. Yeah, it's a basic thing. You worked the ground really well on that. <laughs> Thank you. Do we want? Do we? Yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say, are, do we still want to do the thing of our experience first time watching this, or do we not want to? Because it seems like it was everybody's first time watching it except for me. Uh, what was your first time? My first time. My the first time I watched Empire Records, I was like fourteen or fifteen. I think I was fourteen. I think I was in grade nine, um, and I watched it because I was just interested in movie soundtracks, kind of, or like I just generally am interested in music, and I think movie soundtracks are a good way to to find out. And this one was like, like kind of like listed a bunch of places as like a very iconic like music film or soundtrack film. So then I watched it, and it was a lot of fun, um, and. Also, fun fact, Alan Moyle, director of this film, Canadian. So some Whoa. fun Canada content Ooh. on the pod made in Canada. <laughs> this, con. this was made in Canada, too? Canada no, it was just made by a Canadian. <laughs> oh, okay. In, okay. It's supposed to be set in Delaware, <laughs> oh. I think, but it was shot in North Carolina or other way around, maybe. So it's not CanCon. No, it was written by a different person, but directed by <laughs> oh. a Canadian. Let's just claim I it. Thought, yeah, it's in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> it's Canadian. I thought this was going to be the first Canadian film that we had talked about. Have we not? You you thought, why did you think it was Canadian? You didn't even know the guy was Canadian? No, I did. I thought I saw on Wikipedia it said uh, that it was Canadian. Uh, oh, that was a Canadian movie? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe I got my facts wrong. Let's nah, it up. you're probably right. We're fact-checking today. <laughs> Um, I got. I was uh, watching the beginning with with Lucas, the really cool guy. Yeah. And when he is, you were with him. Oh no! Sorry, no. The really cool guy. <laughs> the intro with him in it. Um, when he yeah, was. Yeah, that was a stupid joke. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the when uh when he was walking up and doing all the first little luck things, like he was acing it. I think that was my favorite part. And then. Right at the end, he he dropped it all, and I was like, "No, like, this guy was incredibly <laughs> was sure. lucky." I thought he was gonna I get was the sure money. The Atlantic City was a dream sequence because he wins a slot machine, and uh, he predicts the roulette table. Yeah, and like he wins a whole bunch of casino games, and then he just loses on the last he's one. Like but even swat. how people react to him and stuff is like surreal. And he's like a yeah. teenager. Yeah. But there's also even one part in the film where um, AJ goes up to him and he's like, dude, you're acting so weird today. What's with you? So I'm like, what was what's his character like normally? Like, I want to know what he's like normally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this guy seemed to have that. some kind of profound change uh, where once he lost all the money, he just became this like pseudo uh, philosophical. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how else to describe it. <laughs> But he seems like he's like that before. Like, when he's talking to Renee Zelliger in the first scene, he doesn't seem super different. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Is that just but me? his friend says that you are acting different. Like, and he seems to, like, yeah, really believe that. that yeah. I thought that was supposed to be just, like, you seem stressed. Oh. Maybe. Um, I don't know. But I don't know why he, he would be stressed because, but like. It was weird. 
immediately in the first like 10 minutes of the film they like find out that he lost all the money and there's like his lines are great i love all of his lines <laughs> yeah he's i think a really really good performance because the character should be really annoying and i thought he was at the beginning but he's just so funny I no i think that's the thing that i think the best part yeah i think when you're first introduced to like that character of lucas you're like oh this guy's so annoying like with this like weird faux like philosophical like higher belief like or like higher being kind of act but then like the way it's portrayed just works so well Hmm. i actually really liked that character i thought it was fun and I didn't like that he was, like, trapped on the couch for a lot of it. I was like, <laughs> I want to see this guy do something else, but... But the shoplifter? Shoplifter scene? Yes. Yeah, he does go back Oh, to amazing. Oh, my I'm gosh. interested that you guys like this guy so much. I didn't really like him. I mean, maybe it's just a, a couple of the things he said on the couch dug into my brain and I never stopped disliking him. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, because the, the one part where he's he's implying, you know, that rap and metal is dangerous and leads to criminal behavior and <laughs> and the other part where he's talking about how you know no men like rex's music unless they're gay and, and he throws a couple <laughs> homophobic things out there and i know this was made in the 90s yeah but i didn't really like him okay that's mm-hmm. true can i, I say something on that yeah i would say that like so many 90s teen movies have like a kind of philosophical guy who's supposed to be really cool but now when you watch it he's just like an asshole like i've seen like <laughs> a lot of those and i thought he was gonna be that and i think even on the page maybe he is that but i thought the performance was so funny that it kind of like it was kind of like unassuming too like even when he chases the shoplifter he does these really kind of like comic sort of things like there's a part right. where he like pauses and thinks like during the chase sequence Right. And uh, the performance and kind ever, of won me over even he's if the playful. character was kind of yeah. annoying. He's so playful. I think also the thing is is just like I don't know. His character is just so like I think I think the thing is is like in this film you have characters that are either really grounded or not grounded at all. Um is the thing where it's like you have Mark and Lucas who like are not grounded really and then all the other characters seem to be going through like some real hard stuff like real emotions so i think having like especially with like such a big cast of characters having those two characters that are more comic and more like out there makes it a lot easier to watch than it being sort of just a cringy like teenage melodrama i would go as far as to say that the lucas and joe story is maybe the only one that works all the way through in that you don't really like lucas or joe (coughs) excuse me at the start but um, as you go, you see that all the terrible ways they treat each other um, are because they deeply care about each other and the store, and they're even maybe a surrogate father and son. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, it was stressful to see how they treated each other, like from the yeah, from sure. the top. But they did drop those little nuggets of like, oh well, I'm doing it for this because like it's getting shut down, um, and I, I don't know, like. It does a really good job at making you care for Empire Records. Like, I, I yeah, Good Burger was in my mind when I was watching yeah, it. Definitely, <laughs> and I, I feel like they didn't do it well in Good Burger. Caring about uh, like Good Burger that much, I was like, okay, these, I don't really care that much. But in Empire Records, like these people have lives and actual stories, and I was like, I don't want this place good, to get shut down. 
It's a community. Sorry, I interrupted you. But oh, yeah, because oh in Good Burger, there's no real, like not to harp on Good Burger, but there's no understanding of why anyone would ever love working there or have any kind of camaraderie there. But in this, it's like, you can tell that uh, this place is such a community for all of them. And like whatever problems that everyone's going mm-hmm. on or that whatever problems are going on in everyone's personal life, they can come here and it feels like, oh shit, like I'm part of something. I'm part of a family or I have some kind of belonging somewhere. Um, so you understand so deeply why they love Empire Records so much. And then you as an audience are like, yeah, well, I freaking love that. I don't want it to be shut down by the man. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Those dance sequences. There's so many just like yeah. people dancing and they turn on a special song. I, I liked it. I like for the opening sequence when they turn like Mark gets to choose the song because of the orange M&M. And they're like playing it and they're all jamming out and then AJ just stops it. Like they all hate it, even though they were all like vibing so hard to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, even though everyone is hot and white and seems like affluent, it does a good job of like selling the idea that it's like a home for them yeah. and that Joe will like mm-hmm. hire them even if they're bad at the job because he like doesn't want them to like I don't know, go on a bad path in some way. Like, even the shoplifter. Oh my yeah, God, the shoplifter is the best example of that. It shows, like, I feel like they were all that kid at some point. Because mm-hmm. they uh, offered the shoplifter a job. I feel like Lucas was definitely that kid. Crazy. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, the shoplifter, for context, uh, I mean, people have seen this movie, presumably, if they're watching this, or listening to this, but if not... Uh, He's a guy who tries to come into the store. I'm not good at summarizing. Can someone else summarize? Because I just wanted to say something about it. <laughs> oh, we got I a like guy for summarize that. first. We do? <laughs> who? <laughs> I think his name is Seb. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, if you insist, there is a kid who's like 13 or 14, and uh, he's shoplifting, and they chase him and even go as far as to hold him until the police come, which I thought was, like, crazy. But um, he's, like, extremely hostile. He won't even tell them his name. He calls himself Warren Beatty. And uh, when he gets arrested, he swears revenge on them and comes back with an actual gun. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is turns out to be loaded with blanks, but still. And he's, like, firing it around the store and stuff. Um, but he spends a lot of time with the characters, and they see that he's just, like, a really angry kid. And they tell him he can have a job at the store. Um, yeah, and that's the perfect nice. sense of, yeah, that's the perfect idea of what you were describing, Seb. It's like, I feel like that's why I love Joe so much, because as frustrated as he seems to be at times, it's like he really does understand this is the space of community and belonging for people who otherwise wouldn't have it. And so he's willing to give people jobs that like, uh, Lucas is seems to be a terrible employee, a lot of them seem to be terrible employees, <laughs> yeah. but it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Like, because that's not what the spirit of this place is. The spirit is, hey, we give anyone a a place to be. Yeah, Joe even says, like, did I fire anyone else today? Like, why would I fire you? Just go home. Oh, yeah. And I was like, damn, <laughs> yeah. that's like a real line. It it showed that they're more family than just like a workplace. Yeah. Which Can- is really nice. Also, that kid is just Bart in real life. <laughs> the most Bart Simpson-ass kid is... <laughs> my shorts <laughs> yeah literally i love him he's so good that's also the thing I think he is, did ask someone to eat his shorts he did did he actually oh my god the in, like the entire <laughs> oh, yeah. script like i 
the script is just so dumb, but it works so well in this film. Like, it's so funny. Like, there's just so many, like, throwaway joke lines where it's, like, the middle of this, like, Warren comes in with this gun and is, like, holding everybody, like, at gunpoint in this record store. And Deb just, like, walks up and, like, offers herself up. And then he's like, my name's not Warren. And they all just pop out at the doorway going, his name's not Warren? And I'm like, that's just such a weird place to have oh, a comedic yeah. beat. While she's doing her speech, it does a cutaway to them, right? Yeah. Like, they do that Scooby-Doo head thing. Like. I'm just like, <laughs> it's just such a weird place to, like, like, yeah, this film does that a lot, I think, where it's, like, really dramatic, tender moment. And then there's, like, something kind of funny. And you're like, why did they do that? But I don't think it, like, undermines any of the, like, tenderness. No, it's a nice well, balance. Well, I think for I would me... Say that- I- Sorry, Seb, you, please. No, go ahead. Okay. No, uh, <laughs> um, um, now I'm so nervous. The spotlight's on me. Guys, guys. <laughs> okay, I'll close my eyes, Adam. Start talking. I was just going to say... <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say that I think the more serious stuff um, works way less than the more absurd stuff. And whenever, whenever they get into, like, kind of, like, teen issues, I felt very much like it was made by older people who were trying to like grasp onto this generation um i think the serious stuff maybe that's just me sorry i cut you off i think the serious stuff works better as the movie goes on i think that at first it feels very broad and it feels non-specific and it feels like oh yeah what would a teen go through and it seems to clash with how heightened and overacted the whole thing is and how silly the whole thing is but I think the more that it goes on, you start to understand, like we're talking about, that this place is a home for people who otherwise are going through shit, um, and this is kind of a safe haven for people. And so it kind, you know, the the tone clash kind of ends up working for me because it's like it's got this veneer of fun and silly and just whatever, but it does house really um, deep issues that are going on in people's lives. And I do still think the issues are kind of broad and non-specific, um, like you're saying, Seb. But it ended up kind of working for me the more it went on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. I think... Yeah, I just think some of them are kind of clumsy. Yeah, I think, specifically, the, like, dramatic parts that don't work for me are, like, I guess specifically, like, Deb's interactions with Burko, but that's also a bigger thing just because, like, that... Okay, Fun backstory for this film. It was originally supposed to be longer and take place over a two-day arc instead of a one-day arc. But then they had to... It was, like, edited and reshot so it could be a one-day arc because of the studio. Um, And then in that process, three... Interesting. Pardon? I just said interesting. Yeah, and then in that process, like, three (laughs) characters ended up getting their storylines reduced, which haven't been confirmed, but Mm. I'm guessing it's Jane, Burko, and Eddie. Because they're, like, weirdly half in it, but yeah. half not. Um, but I think, like, that's part of why, like, Deb and Burko's storyline is kind of weird and half-formed is because his storyline got, like, cut down a lot. Could we, uh, it doesn't have to be me, but could we collectively go through the different storylines just in case someone's listening? Hell yeah. And they yeah. haven't seen it. Who, do you want to do it? I can also do it. Well, let's just go story by story do... and yeah. talk how we like about each of them. Okay. Who do we want to start okay. with? I personally want to start with Mark, just because he's my favorite character. Okay. All right. Okay. 
I think that one's easy because like Mark does not have a story. <laughs> yeah, Mark does not have a story. Mark's just Mark this... wants a band. He's got his band, Mark, <laughs> or he's gonna have a band. He's just floating through there. Yeah, truly throughout the movie. <laughs> They're really mean to Mark, which is like not nice because I personally think that Mark is the best employee because there's so many times where there's scenes in like the back room or the break room and I'm keeping track of everybody who's there and it's like everybody except Mark, which means Mark is on the floor by He's himself. Yeah. The most I related to him or to anyone in the movie is when there's like three customers and he's on the phone. He's like, help, please help me. <laughs> also, he's there for so long. Like, they're like, so many of them are there for so long. I'm like, you're here from literally open till close. You close at midnight. You're here at 9 a.m. Like, they open at 9. Everyone was there all day. Yeah. <laughs> Joe's even like, why are you here? You're not scheduled. And she's like, it's it's Rex Manning Day. I want to be here early. I that rang true for that. me they all, because they all want to be there. Yeah, it's a haven. Well, yeah. Virgo, Deb, and Lucas aren't there right away. Right. Mm-hmm. But AJ, Mark, Gina, and Corey what? are Lucas there all is day. There whole day. I'm pulling. I'm pulling up the name list too. Virgo, isn't I... Lucas the guy with the money? Lucas is the guy that stole the money. Yeah, yeah. Lucas was there most of the day. Do we so have to outline who all these characters are? Should I do this really yeah. quick? I think we names? can go story by story. But we'll go story by story, yeah. I think if okay, we, so Mark, it'll anyway. get confusing if we do them all at once. Mm. Okay, anyway, Mark so, is this guy who is kind of, he's supposed to just be like, kind of like pothead, like no future, likes like violent music, kind of goofy, not smart dude. Um, also, they weren't allowed to have any drug mentions in this <laughs> film. Like, they were not allowed, so they could have a bigger audience. But, but they got around that with the the brownie thing. They're like, it's got my secret ingredient yeah. in it. Sugar. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, and then... So <laughs> yeah, and then... Wasn't one of the characters using drugs, though? Like, wasn't that a... No. Deb? Oh, yeah, but that's shown to be really bad in a really heavy-handed okay. way. Oh, oh yeah, the yeah. Thing? The Corey with the speed, yeah. Corey, yeah, Liv Tyler's character. Yeah, but well, anyway, we'll I love that. Mark. We'll Mark's my that. favorite. I like that he breaks the fourth wall all the time and is super out of it Um, and kind of has a... He kind of has a sad life. I just feel bad for him. He's kind of a pitiful character. Mm-hmm. He's not... I I thought, like... Oh, sorry, continue? Sorry, Funky. No, you go. Oh, yeah, I, so he's just, like, the one character that's kind of, like, I didn't really, I wasn't as invested in because I just didn't know who he was other than the band thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But he's, he's funny. He's really funny. I, like, did not get, like, a stoner vibe from him. I thought he, like, and I'm not saying this as a joke or to be mean or something, but the performance was, like, I thought it was, like, uh, he was maybe even, like, disabled or had some sort of, like, social disorder or something the way he was mm. acting was so strange to me yeah he mm. just kind of reminded me of uh the guy the uh uh kel's character in good burger yeah oh just kind of like out of it yeah just a little daft yeah and I, I don't know i You're just cartoonishly daft yeah yeah i see that but i like ethan embry a lot i think he's a good actor yeah ethan embry is great um 
yeah i don't know i like his i like that character a lot i think maybe because i've watched this film so many times i just picked up more and more every time about how he is a fairly like non-offensive character but everybody else is just so mean to him hmm. i'm like yeah i didn't really notice that what do they do to them i i didn't notice that well at the beginning aj like they keep turning off his music um mm. for one thing they're like your taste of music <laughs> is bad like you're gonna like what is it ethan or um AJ was like when they first turned off his music to him, he was like, "This will make you sterile," and then like burns his CD so he can never play it again. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was me. Yeah, that was pretty. I didn't mean. even know and what then, he was doing. Yeah, and then they didn't <laughs> let him come to Deb's funeral. They were just like, "You gotta, you're not allowed to have like an emotional moment with us. You just have to stay on the floor." Um, that is so true. I mean, it feels like they're letting out their emotions on him when he's trying to work. Because, like, he was playing that song to get everyone to, to mosh, and I feel like that was working. People were having a really great time, yeah, and it was just shut that. off. Yeah. And he's like, what are you doing? Like, th- this is a music store. They like music. Um, <laughs> and people are moshing. People like, are moshing. Like in a record store. They, Yeah, but it's in a record store. They could break stuff. True. There was a dog there. I thought they were going <laughs> to smash that. Oh, the, the editing of this oh, yeah, film is dog. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, why is it edited like that? But that's something else. But yeah, that's that's Mark's character. Mark? Who's next? Well, Mark has both my favorite and my least favorite part in the movie. What's that? Both about Mark. My favorite part is when Mark is watching the TV, and I guess he's like, hi. And he. Oh my god, um, the guar? Hallucinates that this metal band is talking to him. Yeah. It's oh, so yeah. Funny. I forgot about that. Entirely. I thought that was so funny. Because it's like really eaten. comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Like like they just like I really didn't expect it, and it's just like they're like join us, Mark. You're one of us, and then they like eat him. <laughs> yeah, but then he's not even that phased by it. Like he's like, uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's not and even scared. The like, thought... They like kill him in the in <laughs> the uh, imagination, and he's just like, oh, right on. That's awesome, man. <laughs> it's kind of weird, but okay. <laughs> i thought i don't know if it is and this may be getting sidetracked but at the beginning i thought it was kind of just a cynical like reappropriation of like alternative teen culture but in that that was the mm. only scene where i thought it might be a parody because the band their, their song is called like sit down bop or something it's like something really fucked up <laughs> <laughs> like the the metal band and I thought that was actually, like, a funny observation. I don't know. Also, I don't know if you guys watched through the credit. Oh, yeah. At the end when he's talking to uh, the pizza guy. To Eddie, yeah. Eddie. Okay, yeah. There's also that scene, which is I think is, like, an interesting, like, comment, like you were saying, Seb, on, like, alternative culture where they're, like, debating about, like, what is the next great, like, alternative rock band. Right. That seemed genuine to me. Like, it didn't seem like it was making fun of them. I thought it was just, like, a sweet thing. I like that there was a car crash in that scene that <laughs> yeah. neither of them acknowledged. <laughs> oh, yeah. In the background, you just hear a car crash. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, Mark also has my least favorite thing in the movie, which is when he, like, licks the dancer's foot. That was oh, yeah, nice. I hate that. Uh, oh, yeah, that's very uh, weird. <laughs> I'm like Mark, so quit being strange. so horny. I thought she was gonna be a character. 
Yeah, I thought it was gonna be like a, like a back and forth was gonna happen, but that was the only scene she was in. <laughs> that is, yeah, that is the worst part of the entire film. Like, I do, that's not necessary <laughs> for the film besides to show that Mark is just very horny because he also like is like rubbing himself against the like portrait on the outside of the store, <laughs> which is like weird. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he talks about the babes who are in line for uh for Rex Manning. Manning. Yeah. Should we talk about yeah, Rex Manning? I guess he then? was pretty horny. Hmm. Some through lines for these guys. Mark. Yeah, I didn't really think about that, but I guess he was. Um, what's our next character? Should we do Rex Manning? <laughs> yeah. I don't think we should start with Rex Manning. <laughs> Okay. Say no more, money more. So, we can do Rex Manning last. He's so tied into the other. Yeah, I feel like we should. Okay, that's good. Then uh, Deborah. What Say about no like more, Joe? More. Or... I like yeah, Deb. Deborah. Deborah. Sorry, Deb. Deborah. Somebody <laughs> kick it off with Deb. Um, she's like introduced through a her cutting her hair, right? Yeah. Like just shaving yeah. it off, and I—that was actually—I was like, "What? She, she's really just doing it on on camera? Like it wasn't a fake cut, and then like a wig swap or anything?" No. It was right. it was cool. Yeah, though I did that in a film once. Uh, uh, Sam was making a film um, back when it was like one month before um, Luke and I were going to go on a trip, and so uh, we were both shaved. We both shaved our heads, and uh, I did it on screen. And then um, we looked very scary. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> what movie was that? <laughs> yeah, what was the movie about? Uh, it was just one small part where it was like I was in a club. Uh, it was before oh. noon. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I don't even remember that. <laughs> I regret doing it. <laughs> Not for I the film. For does. the film, I'm, I'm happy it was a funny shot. But... Uh, but I regret having a bald head because people started to avoid me on uh, in public. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> I look scary. I'm a white guy with a bald head. That's, you can't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. Damn, I'm, I'm sorry you had to deal with that. Well, um, it was my fault. Yeah. I'm sorry you carried but that, I, that burden. I, I think it added... <laughs> I think it added to her performance, Deborah. Like when it when she was introduced like that, I was like, "Dang, she's like serious, serious." When everyone was like joking around, um, and she also this is the first time you see like I think any conflict between the coworkers. Uh, like yeah. she is just mean to who is it? Uh, Liv Tyler and Renee Zellweger. So, yeah, Renee Zellweger. Uh, Gina and Corey. Corey. Uh, and I was like, dang, I thought they were all friends, but I guess not everyone's friends at Empire Records. <laughs> they're not. It's because they're normies. She was the one who I thought they it. played. Yeah. She, she was the one who I thought they played the most um, broad with quote unquote teen issues and kind of like yeah. in a dangerous way. I mean, they bring up her self-harm um, and I, I guess kind of go into it, but it does seem like just this kind of vague like. Look at look at a bad it's thing that teens like an go assumption. through. Yeah, yeah. It just felt like without without like any research or like understanding, just like 
I think she says like I just felt so alone or something. Like it's just like so bad. I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it really clashes with the tone up till that point. Yeah. Yeah, I think also like her, like her storyline is. Yeah, it's weird because there's not really any like fun to her character. Unlike the other characters, even if they are going through serious stuff, they still have, like, little, nice, like, light, like, friendly moments with other people. But she's just so, like, closed off to people the entire time. Which is maybe the arc of her character. Mm. I like... Yeah. I like when she says, let's not fight, let's just rip. And they rip up the contracts for the new store. Okay, yeah, that was cute. That was nice. Yeah. And I think the performance kind of saves Yeah, I think the performance is pretty good. But I think the storyline is mostly bad. What happened between her and the other character? Burko? Um, With his Burko? Yeah. damn guitar he's... that he's just carrying around? <laughs> and he's, yeah, and he's actually in a band, whereas, like, I feel like Mark wasn't... Coyote? <laughs> like, he just wanted to make... In the band at the end? Yeah. Like, he's, <laughs> Burko's playing. Yeah. Yeah, so Burko... That's one of the narratives you assume was cut right now yeah burko i assume is cut i think there's also like an interview Burko's barely in it pardon i'm just saying he's barely in it so i feel like he probably was cut yeah well i think there's also i also saw an interview i've seen this movie so many times that i've read a lot about it or like a decent amount about it um but there was also like another like account that i saw where he um apparently when he heard they were cutting and reworking the film he asked for his storyline to be cut more because he didn't want to be like super like he didn't want to be closely associated with this like very like manufactured product. Um, but then it's like weird because huh. he's still in it enough yeah. that you can associate him with it. But they, like there's some weird like romantic yeah. storyline between him and Deb that is not articulated well. At all, yeah. I would say like when you look at most of the cast, at least for me, I'm like these are hot Hollywood actors in alternative costumes. When you look at Burko and Eddie, I'm like, these are like some weird guys they found on the street. <laughs> <laughs> Burko is played by Coyote Shippers like, and these is an are actual, actual musician. Like, punks. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I think also I think also that actor Co- Coyote Shivers is a Canadian musician and actor. Yeah, like that's an actual like rock musician they found. From Toronto. That makes sense to me. Oh my god, he, well, was... he plays at the end. Yeah, he was in it at the end. Yes. Also, yes. just found this out. And his song was the theme music for Kids in the Hall. Wow. Oh, wow. Just found this out. Um, He was, I think, AKA while the this film was being made. Time, uh, <laughs> if Bruce is listening right now. <laughs> Hi, Bruce. Um, He was married to Liv Tyler's mom from 1992 to 1999, which means that... Who was? What the hell? Coyote Shivers. <laughs> Which means that so Liv Tyler was in a film with her like stepfather. <laughs> that it's the playing like contemporary thing. friends. So strange. Well, he also looks like he's he could be much older than everyone else. I don't know if he is, but yeah, everyone else yes. actually I don't. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure, but everyone else seems tell. like they're in high school, and he seems like he's like a college dropout. He's a he's a year older than my dad. <laughs> right now what yeah well always because he was born a year before my father oh yeah i guess right not while he was in the film (laughs) always (laughs) he always will be yeah 
But he wasn't a year older than your dad. Like, While they were filming, filming no. the movie. Well, I guess he was. But oh my god, he's also in Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> oh yeah. What is that? I looked. I don't Those know are his only, it's, two um... his only two movies. It's a Keanu Reeves sci-fi movie. Yeah, Keanu Reeves, oh. based off of a Canadian book. Or a book by a Canadian author. Oh. We are getting the Canadian content. Yeah, this is it for yeah. the entire year. <laughs> CanCon's back. Are we um, uh, Are we done with Deb? Oh, I wanted to... Um, I don't know, actually. What did I have? What you want to oh, should we talk about the funeral? Yeah, let's talk about Deb's funeral. Oh, yeah. Can we get a fact checker out on that? Because... Did people actually have fake funerals for themselves? It felt very weird. <laughs> fake. I think that was more of a. I don't I know think... why they did that, but I thought that was like yeah, another that was a like bonding moment. thing for the movie. Okay. Yeah, I, I thought that was like a nice. But I think it really didn't. No, maybe that's just me. Sorry, what you say? I didn't hear that. You cut. You cut out. What you me say? Or Nara. Oh, I I thought that could have easily worked, but it just really didn't for me. That was partially because the Liv Tyler and Renee Zelliger thing came back, and I, I thought it a really clumsy way, but uh, I didn't really think that that worked as an end to the storyline at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was nice because you see, like, Deb and Corey making peace when it sort of, like, is set out from the beginning that they are the two with the most conflict. Right. I, yeah, I feel like it could have been better structured as, like, a funeral for Empire Records or, like, mm-hmm. something oh, about yeah, them cool. being something more. Because they, they, they change owners, I guess, at the end. Spoilers. But it goes to Joe. So if it was kind of attached to that, I feel like it would have worked better. But because Deborah was just – or Deb was just sitting there, I was like, what? This felt very off. And it wasn't talking about her that much either. Like, it did – Move more towards Corey and about their own personal problems. Like yeah. Mar- or, who, who's the art kid? I mean, she comments AJ. on that. She. Oh, she does, yeah. Yeah, she's She like, does say, she's, she's like, like, I thought this was about me. Are we supposed to be talking about me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is valid. <laughs> yeah, no, that's I very, it's a very good point. Her best friend. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're talking about serious stuff. And then, and then what the, the TJ says, I'm afraid of art school. And I was like, what? <laughs> what is this? What are you talking about right now? So these problems don't seem to be at the same level. No, but uh, like, I, I didn't really, I thought he was like just scared of what an art school was. But later when Corey, <laughs> Corey, Corey's talking to him, she's like, you're talented enough. <laughs> so I really didn't get what he was saying there. Um, but, He's scared of the place. Yeah, that's what it sounded. <laughs> he passes like. by an art school and he just shudders. <laughs> I'm, I'm scared. I don't know if I can make it there. Guys, guys, I'm terrified of clown college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Deborah, Deborah, cool. Deborah, cool. Deborah, cool. Yeah, she's cool. Um, but do we want to? I think it's. Oh, go ahead. Okay, last, just last thing on the funeral. I think it's completely wild that Liv Tyler starts talking about the fight she had with her best friend, and then the movie's like, yeah, that is important, and, like, shifts focus to that. <laughs> like, it's not, like, 
like the girl having the funeral is like hey shouldn't we be talking about me this is like an intervention and i'm clearly like really troubled and need help and the movie's like nope (laughs) (laughs) i thought that part of it was weird because it was like played it was like the tone of that part where it's like they these two like more like conventional girls start talking about their problems in their relationship and then this sort of alt girl like redirects it was like a really earnestly played daria segment like if that segment was on daria it would be like satire Uh but then it was just like really earnestly played there yeah but yeah it is weird should we talk about Liv tyler I like Deborah because she doesn't like the man, and we don't like the man on this podcast, right? No, everyone? we hate the man. <laughs> yeah. Also, Deborah yeah. makes him. We don't like the man. Buttons. But if anyone wants to sponsor, <laughs> those buttons were really mean. I, I thought yeah, they were, they were so. I thought. I thought it was going to be, like be tongue in cheek. Yeah, I thought she was yeah. like kind of being playful with them, like giving them a Mark sucks thing, and it was like we're just messing around. I'm playing into my persona. Like everyone likes them. Yeah, but really <laughs> Mark really liked it. I'm like, she's insulting you on each of these. Like, <laughs> I don't know that, but I guess that is her persona. That she's yeah, she doesn't like the man, just like us. Also, like the man. Can I just say she does the most to but try and save the store? She sells her scooter to save the store. She sells her mode of transportation. Yeah, she that's she true. She contributes yeah. the most money, big time. Uh, uh, should we talk about Liv Tyler? Corey? Yeah. Yeah, Corey. Yeah, Corey wants Rex Manning so bad. I don't know why. <laughs> She's bringing Rex his lunch. Yeah. <laughs> why is she in love with Rex Manning? Did she say why? Because it, f- it felt like it was mostly old people. I think it's supposed to like show her like values where she's a very like sort of proper, not super like outgoing, adventurous kind of person where he's like was on this like mm-hmm. family like TV show. And now he makes this very like radio friendly music. Right. Okay. Right. It's kind of like, uh, yeah, like it's like she's expressing the most bland interest in like a sexual um Yep. Pursuit, I suppose. Because it's like, that's almost like what she knows is expected uh, of yeah. who she, she should be interested in. Mm-hmm. That's how I read it, at least. Yeah, no, I actually thought that kind of rang true. Because she's, like, super set on, like, uh, losing her virginity to Rex Manning. And she, like, kind of, like, offers herself to him. And then when he accepts, in, like, a gross way, but, like, he, like, is, like, sure... Um, then she's like disgusted and I thought that was like mm-hmm. I don't know that kind of rang true to me like the idea of like she has this really like wholesome version of like what she wants sex how that to interaction be, and then when it's kind of like yeah and it's kind of like the scummy version comes out and she's like oh I actually don't want this at all mm-hmm. also like her character contrasted with like sex against Gina who and they're like best friends is like interesting mm-hmm they got into a very like mean argument with each other. Like when she was like slut shaming Gina. Yeah. I was like, really? yeah, and I kind of can't tell what the film's perspective is on it. Cause I, I kind of felt like it was slut shaming her, 
and you're supposed to be taking Liv Tyler's side, but I don't know if that was just me looking at it cynically. I, th- mm-hmm. I think it's supposed to be... she doesn't really change at the end. I think there is, like, a slut-shamey element, uh, but I think it's trying in, like, a weirdly, like, like mid-90s, um, like, pre, like, or, like, beginning of, like, third-wave feminism kind of thing being, like, hey, like, don't slut-shame people. Women are just doing this because they can't get validation in other parts of their life, which is, like, still is, like, not a healthy attitude towards sex, but is sort of, like, not necessarily, like, sex is a bad thing, um, but it's still, like, just, like, a uh, weird, like, half-formed opinion about that. Mm-hmm. That yeah. argument, I thought, was one of the parts where I felt like, as Adam said, it became sort of, like, broad and symbolic, where it was, like, I didn't really feel like two characters were talking. I felt like it was, like, here's a teen issue and these two people are going to just say the two perspectives that people are arguing right now, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like it didn't feel like two characters really when they were specifically when they have the argument over the pizza and they're like, I don't know. I see that. It felt like an ideological, ideological clash. Oh my gosh. I almost stumbled. But like, just like two ideas talking to each other not the characters. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like, do the right thing, you know? It's just like this really intelligent debate <laughs> oh between different sides. Where we, <laughs> we don't really know, you know, because it's like there's no easy answers to these to these things. Except and then Liv Tyler throws the garbage can through the pizza window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. She threw the first the right one. <laughs> seemed unnecessary. Why aren't there more Liv Tyler's on the wall? <laughs> but that's yeah also it's their fight at the end like their second argument after uh gina hooks up with rex manning in the photocopy room or the cash out room or whatever um and then aj like swings at him and then he swings back at aj that was crazy <laughs> yeah yeah it was wow so much happens yeah, in this film. You, a lot I, I want to talk about Rex so badly. Wait, could we just very quickly on Liv Tyler talk about how clumsy the pill popping thing is? I thought that was so bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's awful. There's like one brief shot of her like taking a pill like earlier in the movie. And then Renee Zelliger, when they're fighting, which could have just been like a mint. It looks like it's out. a mint. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Like I had no idea what it was. She has this freak out about how like she's like a perfect because it's like established she's going to Harvard and whatever, and how like oh she's on study drugs and whatever, and she's like throwing her pills and like screaming. It's so bad. Yeah. Can can I just say I think that was part of what was cut because in the two thousand three recut there are like two instances of uh Corey popping some pills before that and there's also another scene where her father like sends her a f- or there's like the scene where she gets the flowers because she gets into harvard is like extended and fleshed out a little bit more i think right okay yeah that right. barely even registered in this version i was like confused yeah so like that storyline with the like familiar familial like pressure or like 
from the pressure like specifically from her father to behave a certain way and present a certain way is fleshed out like i feel like was in the original script more so than this abridged version i feel like i would have liked some more of that to understand the character Mm -hmm. because yeah that was really out of the blue when when the pills came out i was like what is going on this is a reveal (laughs) this is like (laughs) what the hell teen issues seriously yeah that's what it felt like to me but uh, yeah it does seem like something they would cut out to try and make it seem like less of a big deal i guess i also um oh yeah go um just i feel like we should talk about gina a little bit and then talk about rex manning because i feel like rex manning is like most prevalent to gina and Corey's storyline cool Mm -hmm. um gina i feel like she also does not have much of a storyline besides she's like everyone thinks i'm a slut but i want to sing in a band which comes out of nowhere at deb's funeral (laughs) (laughs) like i feel like that's her storyline and at the end she sings i don't know that's relatable she sings at the end (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, she, she gets her way. She sings. Um, she. That's how all the greats start. Elvis, <laughs> Gina. I kind of liked her in the movie. I don't know if that was just what Renee was bringing to it. Renee was really good. Yeah, I kind of liked her on screen. She's definitely fun. Yeah, she's fun. She seems yeah. to really love the place and love everyone. I like that. When she puts... And I think, like... Okay, you can go, Seb. No, I'm talking so much. You go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I love the moment where they're all in the break room at this point. I think only Mark is out on the floor at this point, but they don't... Nobody cares, because they're in the back with, like, Warren, Lucas, AJ, um, and then she, and then, like, Corey, and then she's like, comes out wearing, like, the music town like apron and nothing else and she's like dancing and then rex manning comes in that's such a like that scene is just really fun i think like it like it's such a like bad scene but it's a funny scene everyone's eyes pop out of their heads like they're freaking looney tunes characters (laughs) (laughs) i think uh renee zilliger invests that character with like so much life like in her performance that i didn't even really notice she doesn't have a storyline until you guys just said it yeah (laughs) yeah it seems like a real kind of just there that's this entire addition to like other she seems like a person yeah she's yeah also i don't know her arguments with deb i think are a little bit I don't know if they're, like, more justified or, like, they... I don't know. It's just, like, her arguments with Deb are easier to watch than Deb being mean to Corey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I feel like they have this... Like, you can even see that in, like, the scene where they're, like, let's not argue, let's just rip. You can see that when they, like, are, like, giving each other attitude. There's, like, an understanding that it's, like, we don't like each other, but we, like... Like, we... I think they both kind of respect each other, but they don't like each other. Yeah, it's more of a back and forth on even grounds because, like, Corey walks away from Deb there. Yeah. Like, it, before that conversation between them starts, uh, Gina and Deb. Yeah. So it's like, uh, Gina's still standing. <laughs> She's still going to hold her ground. Doesn't, like, Gina say when uh, Deb first comes in, 
Corey's like, oh, she hates me. And then Gina's like, yeah, but I have the common sense to hate her back. Yeah. Mm. Where it's like, they are like uh, on equal ground. Right, so they kind of have this mutual understanding in their relationship. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's, do you want to talk about who, are, are there any other main characters we missed out? Other, AJ. Are, AJ. AJ. Right? AJ, yeah. AJ, Joe, and then Eddie? Uh, Rex. All right. Wait, I want to ask real quick. Just go, I just this just came to my mind. Is Deb Deb's probably the best employee there, right? I'd say. Oh, maybe um, maybe it's actually Mark because he actually. Stays yes, it's Mark. It is Mark. Mark is the best employee. <laughs> then Deb, then AJ, then Lucas, <laughs> then the other two. AJ's drawn. Lucas all the is time. the worst employee. Yeah, Lucas is definitely the worst. <laughs> but he, oh, he I think he loves the guy. place the most. Yeah. True. I feel like Corey actually does the work also. Corey does the work. Um, and I don't think, like, oh, yeah. if it wasn't Rex, true. Rex Manning Day, she wouldn't be causing problems. That's true. Damn, true. Rex. True. Most of the time. <laughs> That's a really good point. Um, <laughs> okay, AJ on a weird is day. an artist. He's in love with um. He's in love with Corey. Corey's going to tell her that he Big loves time. her by 137 exactly. <laughs> AJ is, is such a mopey nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> AJ is um, just like he, the art. Yeah, player. that's a good point. <laughs> I think the performance is very charming. But like the on the page the character is so like like he just like freaks out. She says something like really nice to him. She's like, Oh, I, I love you so much, you know, I don't want to ruin our friendship and he's like, God, <laughs> He's like, just forget everything. This could be something more than that. <laughs> yeah. And then she has to apologize for that when it's like, <laughs> he was just, he had these weird expectations that she was just going to say, oh, I love you too, and they're going to kiss outside. He is in a 90s teen drama. Yeah, he knows it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he has the hair for it. He does. He also, I love the part where. I like the continuity where at the beginning, Lucas's bucket of quarters gets knocked everywhere by Joe and you see him gluing them to the floor. And then it comes back to it with Warren trying to peel off the quarters, being like, who glued these to the floor? And and then AJ's like, I don't feel the need to explain my art to you, Warren. (laughs) (laughs) That's when I realized he was like an artist. I didn't really like notice him. Yeah, I didn't notice that before. Yeah, me neither. That statement really hit. I thought he was just some guy who worked at a record store. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's an Which artist. He, he was. I mean, he's a guy who works at a record store. Like, that's <laughs> who he is. That's true. <laughs> he also, there's uh, also the part that's, where... That's all we got to say about AJ? <laughs> I have oh, more to say about more. AJ. It's just weird bits okay, with please. AJ. Um, there's the part where he puts on Rex Manning and they're like all dancing and then Joe comes and shuts it off. But it seemed like it was implied that him and Deb were fully going to fuck like right in the middle of the store. Because <laughs> they're like... Yeah, they're like stripping. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, like... getting naked. They are. Is that just to make Corey jealous? Was that just the point of that? Or was do they do that all the time? Because that was right yeah, after... It felt he like confessed. he threw it all the time. It felt so like weird. it was yeah. pointed at Corey. <laughs> that was the vibe. Mm. 
Uh, but everyone was like, in that scene. I guess, yeah. Where um, he's like shirtless in one shot. And oh, then and then it cuts, cuts to, to a wide shot. Mad. It, it, it cuts back to him and he has an undershirt on. So it's like he's still got rid of his shirt, but like he's wearing like a tank top. <laughs> <laughs> so and funny. then it cuts, it cuts to him like, yeah. Yeah, that is bad continuity in that sequence because he's shirtless, then has shirt, and then is shirtless again. <laughs> but it shows his mindset where he's like half regretting it. So he has like half a shirt. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he doesn't want to put the whole shirt back on. But we'll throw the tank back on. <laughs> that was great. Um, AJ, he also, there's the part with Deb and Lucas. Oh, yeah. But the self-harm bit. Uh, I felt it was kind of oh, weird yeah. that he, he was trying to be like this like cool hero by calling that out in front of everyone. I don't know. It didn't. Oh yeah, that was so strange. It's like, why are you doing yeah. this? Like this? Like, <laughs> there's so many better ways to do this. Yeah, that actually kind of makes me think of the point that you said where it feels like he knows he's in a 90s uh, teen drama and he wants to be the, like, savior, the, like, noble one who's kind of like, yeah, I, I can I can get everyone together. I can rally the uh, these these uh, these uh, these misfits. Yeah, but he's not that in this movie. Like, no, he's like maybe the worst character <laughs> in this film. <laughs> it's also. I think that the performance is good and everything and it like makes him charming and whatever but it's a pet peeve of mine when it's like there's like this awkward character who's like uh, having trouble with romance and it's like the world's hottest guy. <laughs> <laughs> Cast a weird looking guy. Yeah, get get a Burko to be that that person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Burko's pretty hot too. I feel like if Burko... Didn't have... really confident. He has a vibe. He does have a vibe. Yeah, he knows who yeah. he is. He's hot. He sings in a band. Yes. Yeah, he did he the 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 song for kids in the hall. Yeah. Okay. Get we... Eddie to be the main <laughs> we... character, the weird pizza dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, we can talk about Eddie. What What's up with that guy? I didn't know he worked there. Does he work there? He works there he... and at the pizza place. <laughs> I think he does. Okay. I thought he was, uh, like, the pizza guy that was chilling there all the time. Nah, he's the vinyl Well, it's kind of, like, do the right thing, you know? It's, like, he's, like, Sal. Kinda, <laughs> he delivers pizzas, but he also just kind of hangs can't, out. We can't keep this. We can't keep this guy. <laughs> no, there's... If we you went watch... too far with it, like, right away. <laughs> <laughs> Early in the film, when they're opening the store, there's a, like, little corner that says, like, Eddie's, like, vinyl corner or whatever. But Eddie's, like, the vinyl dude, and he really likes vinyl, and... This is also cut out of this version. Oh. But in the like 2003 recut, there's a scene where Mark brings him his CD that AJ like fucked up with his lighter. Um, and Eddie's like, see, man, this is why you got to get into vinyl or like something else. Like this won't happen. <laughs> the, all the warps just Your make it sound cooler. Your friends can't destroy it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure Eddie was one of the three cut characters. Eddie oh, seemed definitely. fine. Eddie was non-offensive. I also did not yeah. know he worked there. I thought he was a customer. But he hangs like, out until the he comes to the back room. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, but oh. like before that, when he's just talking to to Ethan Embry yeah. and he's giving him the brownies, I was like, oh, it's just some guy. 
Yeah, I thought he was gonna ask for something. He was like just giving Mark so many gifts and stuff. I was like, what's good? Who is this guy? But he's in the back. He's chilling. He just got vinyl and pizza. That's his life. Oh, to be him. Oh, to be him. <laughs> With that, that haircut. Like a pretty good life. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Um. Okay. Who else didn't we hit yet? Joe and. Should we do Joe? Rex? Okay, Joe. Who's Joe? Okay, I want to. Oh, oh, and don't He's say the Joe manager. Mama. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I should have said Joe Mama. That would have been so funny. He's the manager. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this was his introduction, but I really love. This is an early scene. He finds out about um, Lucas having stolen the money, and uh, the song that's playing in the background is a cover of Jimi Hendrix's "Hey Joe." And uh, I hated that. If you, if you know, you know. <laughs> And then he's like really angry, and then they sing the part where it's like, "Hey Joe, where are you going with that gun in your hand?" And you start to think, so "Oh bad. man, this guy's like a scary manager." <laughs> but then he's got a friggin' heart of gold. He so, loves everyone. I love Joe. Joe's love so Joe. nice. He genuinely cares. It is like Joe's the he whole cares. Movie. The whole movie is Joe. Joe is the heart and soul of this movie. I mean, I, I was surprised off the bat. He was like a grumpy manager. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of like Sal from Sal's Pizzeria, you know? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I was surprised at the start when he didn't just call the cops. Like, I thought Lucas was going to be in jail the whole movie. Like, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I, I couldn't believe that he was just like, yeah. I guess grappling with it the whole day, um, just yeah. like what he should do. I thought that was very telling of who he that. is as a character. Yeah, I also like that Cause I, his... Do you want to go, Seb? No, you go. Sorry. Okay, I, I was going to say, I like that Joe's, like, first response to that was, like, he was mad at Lucas for a minute, obviously. But then his, like, reaction after that was, like, Lucas, were you in trouble? You could have just talked to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like him, like... He says that to... Joe... Oh, sorry. He says that to a couple of characters, right? He says okay. that to Deb also. Doesn't... Yeah, to Deb. Okay. He cares. Um, Joe doesn't like the man, which I like about him. He likes everyone else, but he does not like the man, which is appropriate because we also at Is It Whack, we don't like the man. We can all agree on that one, right? No. <laughs> no man. Thumbs- yes, but if anyone would like to sponsor, anyone knows these sponsors. <laughs> yeah, if Music Town wants to sponsor us, <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> yeah, if you have Music Town. <laughs> music Town. <laughs> music Town, please. We really want your Such business. Such a funny conglomerate name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's well, there no, is Music City. Isn't that a says real there's company? There's no dancing in Music Town. <laughs> music City. Evil. <laughs> that place is evil. It would instantly fail. Um, I but, think. Uh, sorry, what do you say? Arguably, the whole movie is a character study of Joe because it starts with this weird decision he makes not to call the cops and then the whole movie justifies mm. that I think very very well like you get like the idea that his his yeah, marriages really cool. have failed so he's trying to build a family like with these kids in a weird way mm-hmm. there's like so many interesting things yeah it's actually um on a deeper level, this film actually uses Joe as, like, 
a figure for the the filmmakers to be like this is why i make films about young people and make films for like a young audience i don't know if that's mm. true that's mm. the new read i have on it from seb's i can read. see that did alan did alan moyle make mostly teen films well his film before this one was pump up the volume with christian slater which i like more than empire records i think it's a slightly stronger film than empire records um but has like a similar treatment of the like teen issues where it's like very like broad strokes kind of thing but it is like all about how like young people like it is like young people against the man but in this case the man is like the school board versus like Mm. capitalist institution Mm. We don't like the man. I just want to point that out there before we go on. Um, yeah, and he's he's dealing with all of this on such like a a, a big day for the store, Rex Manning mm-hmm. Day. Uh, <laughs> if, if we want to talk but Rex about Manning, Rex Manning, Rex Manning too, though, is like a symbol of like the old guard, uh, and he's yeah. an asshole that everyone hates. So I think it is like a celebration of young people and. Yeah. Of creating this space for young people. Mm-hmm. Of which Joe is the, the one who's who's creating that and providing that opportunity. Weird, weird moment between Joe and Rex Manning kind of, but I don't understand why Jane, Rex Manning's like manager, tells Joe that she quits. So weird. Yeah, very weird. I, that I got, character is like really underserved. I got the sense that they knew each other just through the business or uh, something like they had some sort of prior relationship because if that's not the case then they yeah it's so weird but now didn't you say you thought jane might have got cut out too i think jane because i'm like uh, allegedly it's three characters and about 40 minutes of the story was cut so i'm like of the three characters that i can see being cut i can see eddie burko and jane being cut the most because it seems like they have these weird moments unless there is more i could also see maybe joe having more storyline and that getting cut i think you're right that it's, uh, and for uh, context April everyone jane. jane is the publicist of rex manning when? also played when... by a character who or actor who went on to be uh, vincent chase's publicist in entourage so <laughs> i like Whoa. to think of it as the same character has... <laughs> that's a great debbie mazar she has coronavirus no really Oh my god! Oh, I hope she's okay. Debbie. Yeah. Damn. Sorry, Funky. What were you Great gonna say actors. though? What, I interrupted you talking about Entourage, bad show. <laughs> I've never seen that show. Uh, it's not good. Should I, should I watch it? Is it no. still? Okay. <laughs> Some of the filmmaking stuff is fun, but everything around it is a it celebration good. of toxic masculinity. Okay. I said it wasn't good. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, it was but, a bad okay. show. I think one of the reasons I think. Jane and Joe have some sort of friendship before is because why is Rex Manning there? Like, even when Rex Manning right. arrives, he's like, why am I here? Like, every place I've been to is not, like, this run down or small. So, like, <laughs> maybe Joe got a plug and was like, okay, come to this spot because we know each other. I don't know. Uh, it didn't am I wrong or is there, is there oh, not yeah. a moment where, like, they get introduced where I thought there was a second where joe's like oh you're jane from the record company so i thought it was like they've been talking you know setting this up but they hadn't mm. met yeah but I could there be is wrong. a moment like that uh, you might be I right. imagine that but i don't know shit 
but also at the end there's like the the connection between where joe is having a hard time with his romantic life but then him and jane get together at the end Mm -hmm. And, and jane's whole thing though is also like she doesn't believe in like she doesn't like rex manning she doesn't like rex manning's music and she sees this place that's like such a better vibe and has all these people that love each other and she jumps at the opportunity to be a part of that the romance specifically is weird that she is immediately in love with Joe, but I understand the incentive for she why she wants so to. And she quit so fast. Yeah, because screw Rex Manning. She probably wanted to quit already. Yeah, and those kids and, did not and, help. Yeah. <laughs> those kids being like, fuck Rex Manning. But I, I feel like there was at least one more scene between like her getting bullied by the kids and her just quitting. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably. True, true. She's it's like, probably she's a, a scene where she's getting like, it's not them. I wanted this for a long time, and it's like, okay, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was probably a scene where she know. was getting bullied by Rex Manning. Right at the start, right when she first gets out of the. No, but I feel like there's but more because he wasn't really bullying her. He was just like, I have oh. a bad haircut. My hair is so bad. Right. <laughs> he was yeah. being so hard to work with. Oh my god. <laughs> um. Yeah, but that's Joe and Jane, right? Yeah, which brings us to Rex. Oh, wait, Manning. wait, could we talk about Joe's purchase of the? Or I guess we can we can talk about Mitch later, but Joe's purchase of the store, I thought that was weird. <laughs> you thought that was weird because <laughs> he bought it for like nine thousand dollars, presumably. Because <laughs> he bought it for a plastic, yeah, which is the amount that he bills. like already owed him. Yeah. <laughs> which they make in one day. He's like, he's like, keep it. <laughs> <laughs> like the owner that was, so that was baller we're supposed to hate him but what he does at the end is so nice he's like i'm gonna sell you the store for such a small amount of money for no reason that's like such a nice thing to do and then joe's like okay you asshole well he does that only after <laughs> no, no no he does that only after joe's like we're not gonna be here like we are the reason this is running like, doesn't he do that whole spiel and then yeah, yeah, the yeah. guy's like, uh, Fine, take, take it. Yeah, but like, so I guess instead of rehiring the whole new staff, then he's like. Yeah, I think he's just thinking of it financially. I don't know. That's just how I feel. Well, I, yeah, because Mitch to me, wants like, to. He's so inconvenienced. Sorry, Nara. <laughs> no, because Mitch is just There's about no making he money. He wanted it to be a. a bathroom fixture store he misses when his grandfather had his bathroom fixture store (laughs) from that exchange at the end between mitch and lucas and joe you sort of get the impression that um like mitch's father was to joe what joe is to lucas and it helps build like that familial idea within like empire records where it's like not about like birth family it's about like chosen family Mm mm-hmm Right. I thought that scene is what sells, like, the arc of Lucas and Joe. Like, the way they look at each other and stuff when they've won. I thought was, like, very beautiful. The actors really sell it. But, wait, just on the Mitch thing, the way the scene reads, to me at least, and I don't think it's supposed to be like this, but it feels like Mitch is so temporarily inconvenienced with getting people out of the store that he'd rather just sell it. Which yeah. I thought was crazy. <laughs> That's hilarious. He's like, please leave, please leave. Okay, you can have. I'll take the store for this bucket of money. <laughs> Doesn't even count. Which I haven't counted. Yeah, it's gonna be anything in yeah. here. It's all ones. 
wait a second. He gave me, I gave him the store for a hundred dollars. Also, I love that moment because he's like, doesn't anybody work here? And then it's Warren that comes up with like. Oh yeah, that was great. That was great. I love Warren. Oh yeah. He got out of police custody real quick. Right? <laughs> yeah, twice. <laughs> Again? <laughs> Within one Lots day. That's like a hostage <laughs> situation. Yeah. It was supposed to be a two-day arc, so maybe there's supposed to be war and occurrences on True. both days, but I'm not sure. Oh. True. And I guess in, in the States, don't like the don't people like have to press charges or whatever? I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I, I thought in the States, like... I live in Canada. My dad said this to me once. I don't know if this is true, but he's like, in Canada, the police press the charges, but in the States, like the victim or whatever, or like the witnesses have to like go like, oh, I want to press charges for assault or whatever. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe I should read up more about the legal system. (laughs) Yeah, I have no idea. Um... Sorry, I wanted like to talk man. about Rex, but Warren, wild guy. We spoke about at the beginning <laughs> about him being like just like a random kid, but like I, I, I'm pretty surprised that Joe hired him. Like he <laughs> pointed a gun at them. Like that moment was genuinely like the stakes were raised so high. I, yeah. I was like, is one of them gonna die? I didn't know. Is his name? His name's not even cool Warren. What did Joe they put is. on the tag? Wait, what, what <laughs> did you say? His, real name. his name's not even Warren. What did they put on his name tag? They put Warren down. They put Warren. They put Warren they put on Warren. the tag. That's not his name. His name's not even Warren. Um, but yeah, that's just how cool of a guy Joe is. I mean, he realizes that uh, yes, this guy did something very scary and dangerous, <laughs> and obviously terrible for the business, and would create a really hostile environment potentially. But <laughs> Joe realizes that that's not the person he really is. He was just acting out because. He's a troubled youth. Well, I totally think it is the person he is, but yeah. I think like <laughs> I think he's not going to get better. Okay, by well, just being hit with I car doors and whatever. Well, like I think he might be better in a loving environment, even though they like constantly are like hitting him. Of course, he <laughs> and, will like be. making fun of him. Like maybe he'll improve, you know. I think we're supposed to get the impression that Warren is like. I don't even know. Warren's just crazy. <laughs> but I, I think, Nara, what you said earlier is true, that, like, Lucas was probably like Warren. Yeah. And a bunch of them were probably like Warren. Oh, can we talk about... And I think it was also true that he's Bart Simpson. Eat my shorts. I caramba. <laughs> can we talk about the really hair. quickly? Really quickly about how <laughs> during the shoplifter chase sequence... Lucas just opens a car door into Warren's face and knocks him out cold. <laughs> that scene was so fun. Lucas was like magic. He was like teleporting. Oh, and the way Gina was like commentating on all of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that was she had a fun part there. That is what she did, but <laughs> we should more of those. She had one of them um, with Lucas, and she's few. like, this song's for our star employee, Lucas, and then plays Money by the Flying Lizards. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was funny. She also, in the, I don't know if it's in this version, but it is in the recut. Everything's in the recut. She does an announcement when Corey gets into Harvard, and she does one of those. 
Oh, that was a little underdeveloped too. Like after, they were all just like they all just like knew. I don't know. Like I never felt like there was a moment where we were supposed to go like, oh, she got into Harvard. Like it all seemed like referenced backwards. I don't know. The, the closest, fine. the closest was like Eddie talking to AJ about him never having a chance with her. Harvard's like another. But I think we're already supposed to know she's going to Harvard at that point. True. Should we talk about Rex now? The man of the hour? <laughs> yes. See no more. Money more. Can I, can I pee real quick? You guys can start on no. Rex. I guess we're going to talk about Rex what? and Seb. We're going to talk no, about let's Seb. Wait. Let's get... Okay, let's talk let's about Seb. Get like a water break, break then? Okay, fine. Yeah, go talk about me. Talk about all the things that I can. We can just do a quick water break or something. Buff Seb will just make her turn while you're gone. Hey, Seb, I was defending you. <laughs> now you have to bleep out me <laughs> saying that. <laughs> All right. All right, I'll be back in one sec. You guys can wait or start. I'll just be right start. back. To- oh. Oh? Okay. okay. Are we all going to go gonna pee? Do a ref- I just oh, gonna you're do doing a refill. a refill. Okay, do it. Two birds, one stone, kind of. I'll be right back. Bye-bye. Hey, Nara, what did you think of this movie? It's pretty good. I've watched this movie a lot. I think it was still good this this time around when I watched it. Who would you most like to have as a co-worker from any of the any of the um, people working there? Oh, my God. They're all... I feel like they'd all be awful to work with. Like, maybe Corey. Corey seems like the best person to work with. And for me, you know, it's not always who is the best worker that's the best to work with. The most fun shifts I ever had were with people who were not good workers. Because we could just fool around. But sometimes it's annoying when uh, it's busy and you're worth somebody who's not a good worker because then you have to do all the work. Or you have to explain the work as you're doing it because they're not, they don't really know how to, they're not very good at their job. Yeah, that's true. I I worked at a movie theater. Seb and I both worked at a movie theater together. And a lot of it was just uh, fooling around and messing around because it wasn't really busy most of the time. Yeah. But then whenever it did get really busy, it was like, okay, now we got to hunker down and actually like get this done. And so people who like would not really hunker down, that was tough. But Seb would hunker down. Seb was a good hunker. Yeah, I would hunker. Right, Seb? Yeah, I would hunker. What are we talking about? Yeah, Seb, you'd hunker for sure. Maybe Gino hunker. would be the best. I feel like she's I'm like good at hunker. her job, but also kind of fun. Oh, yeah. Gino would be fun to work with. We're talking about employees to be fun to work with? Yeah, who would you want yeah. to work with from Empire Records? Hmm... I don't know. I do, I just like the Lucas performance so much, but I'd probably hate him. You know, that's a guy from Hate Jason to work with him. <laughs> yeah, it's Ray Cochran. Oh. I, I, he plays like. I don't really like him. What? I'm starting to like him. I've started noticing him in more stuff. What else again? Uh. We watched the scanner darkly. I'm looking at it now. A while ago, it's not very good, but he was like really yeah. good in it. There's a Canadian horror movie called oh, he was... Oculus. He's very good in. Okay. Um, yo yo yo. That might be all that I've noticed him in, other than Dazed and Confused in this. 
I'm back. All right, let's talk about Rex. 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 I can't believe you didn't make a pun there. Um, the manning of the day? (laughs) I thought he was going to say, let's talk about Rex, baby. But maybe that's too old a reference. (laughs) That's a good reference. Nice. It just seemed like something Uh, Adam would do. I really enjoy (laughs) fake music and things. And I feel like they did a great job with Rex, manning. Like, as you said at the start, Seb, like, I... you, you can't really tell if it's a real person, just like an obscure artist, <laughs> or just like a, a fictional character, and I think that hits. Um, he's also an asshole, which I think we'll get into. Oh my god, Rex is the worst. His fan base loves him in, in the Midwestern America. Oh my god, the old, he, old lady opera he singing? He hates all of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he doesn't like so them. Like I think that's one of the first times he's he's been introduced to them as a in in real life because he's I guess skipped over and went to the more popular cities, but he does not have a connection to these folks. And in, in the autograph portion of this, it really shows he's just like missing. He's not connecting with these people. Yeah. Well, he doesn't like the idea that it's only old people that like him, right? Like, and he does, and because yeah. then that reflects upon him that he's aging and. He such. needs to accept that. He's got to accept that. Vain. Come on, Rex, baby. Mm-mm. He gets mad when someone says that she was uh, his favorite singer in high school because it implies that maybe he isn't anymore. Yeah. 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 And he calls her out on it, which is odd. That's such a rude thing to do to your fan. <laughs> Loved that. Yeah. That's such a rude thing to do to anyone. Really? Yeah. Because rock stars are, like, mostly known as being really, really nice guys, uh, especially in the 90s, 80s, 70s, 60s. Like, they're mostly known for being awesome people. So, it, yeah, it's really interesting. If you go to back farther and farther, star. they just get nicer. <laughs> yeah, they're just the nicest for the rock <laughs> you go back farther in time. <laughs> get back to Elvis, yeah. great guy. Hmm. Oh, yeah, fantastic, Thinking. man. <laughs> Uh, his song goes though. I thought that was pretty nice. Fun fact about that music yeah, video. Yeah, it's a good song. They were supposed to. Oh, that was a real song. It is a real song. Well, it's a full it song. Fun fact. Oh, the fun fact. Well, I thought it, it could have been a a real hit. Oh yeah. <laughs> we're we're all talking at the same time. Uh, <laughs> but Nar, what 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 was the fun fact? Um, the fun fact that I mentioned a little while ago before we started recording was that originally they were supposed to only record like a music video for like 30 seconds snippet but then the director of that part of the film that wasn't like the alan moyle who did the rest of the film ended up using an entire day to shoot the full like four minute music video that's awesome wow i think you have to though like it makes it feel so much more real and i think aids all those <laughs> mm-hmm. things that we're talking about that like oh he did seem like a real star and Oh, you can you can kind of buy the fact that he is this uh, big rock star because the song is good and because I feel like they took the time to actually make a make a real bop out of it. Yeah. Is it? Is it just me? Yeah. <laughs> Does one of the dancers in the video look a lot like Liv Tyler? Like, I'm not sure if it was her, but I thought it was like maybe supposed to look like her. Not just me. 
Hmm. Oh. Didn't think about it, but I just saw, you might be right. I just saw it as random women who just loved him. Yeah, I just saw it as random <laughs> women. Um, I think I he's... What's the music video called? Say No More, Mon Amore. I think he's the wackest part of this movie. Um, just his whole persona. I feel like he's, he's stopping the actual issues going on in the store from resolving and also he's causing issues like everything is is affected by his presence that day and he's not nice he is not nice sorry i had some technical delays there could you guys just repeat like the thing you said for the last two minutes no i'll just listen back to it it was probably fun (laughs) (laughs) you're bad funk i just said that oh i just said he messed everything up yeah, and he's kind of the wackest, the wackest part of the part. movie for me. Yeah, bad guy. Mm. Don't like him. Very bad. He's the man, and we don't like the man. <laughs> yeah, he's one of the man. Uh, <laughs> I... Oh, so you're saying? Oh, I, I was going to say, I just think he's dressed horrendously. Like, he's dressed so poorly. <laughs> I hate the way he's dressed. I and hate the hair. way he looks. His hair. Ugh. His hair. It's because they cut it too short. It would have looked better if they didn't cut it so short. (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. I like this podcast because I feel like this is another movie I would have never watched, but I had a lot of fun watching it. Like This is a nice watch. But there is is something really important that we have. There's actually two things we have to do. The first thing is we got to rate this one on the wackometer. Oh, we do. I like how we're rating it, like this movie, but we didn't even talk about the party at the end. But that's fine; we don't have to talk about it. <laughs> oh well, they just about it, yeah. Well, they make a a lot of money by selling everything, <laughs> like a ridiculous so much money in one night. <laughs> Those could all be ones. I could and, be a hundred dollars. <laughs> and saved the record store. They sold beer for twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah, twenty dollars to get into a record store. <laughs> no way. Well, and for like I, for the concert, it's like a pay. You know, you you pay to be there. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Anyway, that that's it. I just thought it was important to say that the movie ends with a party, um, and they play a band plays on the the roof of the record store. Like the films of DreamWorks Animation, it ends with a big dance party. Yeah, yeah. That's, That's how you end about. up. <laughs> That's how all good films end in my mind. Burko and Gina Burko and Gina are singing and performing in this band uh, as well. I was surprised that Gina was performing. Was it's because it, it was her dream. Really? Yeah, she said she wanted to sing. And I like the moment where she oh. uh, sings. It's like her and Burko are singing together. And then Burko is like, you take the mic. And yeah. uh, she's like kind of nervous, but then she does it and she kills it. And they made me so happy. It was sweet. It's, it was sweet. It's a nice happy ending film. It's a very non-offensive film to watch. No. It's like, it's just easy. Yeah, except for how white it is. Yeah. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> it is very white. Though, given like the movie's takes on like issues, I'm so glad that it didn't raid into waste. <laughs> no, waited to racism. <laughs> 
It said raid into wacism. Elmer Fudd. No. No. Yeah, it's kind of like do the right thing, you know? It doesn't really wade into racism. (laughs) Stop bringing up do the right thing. Let's let's rate this. Let's wade this. (laughs) No. Um... Uh, I, I'm gonna give it a. Can I go for it first? Is that is that? Yeah, go yeah, first, please. I'm gonna give it a four. I think it was whack and absurd Whoa. in a nice way. Like I had fun watching it and following along. Its story was cool. Good whack for me. Wait, what did you? What was the number you gave? Four. Oh, four. Nice. That's high. That's almost firm numbers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes. We haven't aired the firm yet, so no one will know what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, no true. one will know. It's a hidden episode. No one will know. <laughs> no one will know why you uh, expected Bruce from uh, Kids in the Hall to be listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, one or two people will know. Right. Um yeah, but I I don't know. I had a lo- I had a lot of fun watching it, and I think yeah, it wasn't cringy, which watching old stuff can be a lot of the time, um, especially if it's dealing with like topics that are popping in that day and age. Um, some of the takes are just like, oh, what are you saying? But mm-hmm. this, uh, I think for most for the most part, it held its own. It didn't say anything that I was like, really, really. Um, but yeah. Whack, in a in a solid way. All right. Who's next? Who's next? Sneebly. Oh, is that me? Sneebly. Sorry, I'm having trouble <laughs> hearing. It's cutting in and out. Sneebly, <laughs> oh. Sneebly. Sneebly. <laughs> the scene from Ferris Bueller. Sneebly. Oh, is that a Ferris Bueller thing? <laughs> oh, and he says the attendance. Bueller. Is it Bueller? Yeah, see, I, can't, I haven't seen Ferris been, Bueller. Oh, yeah. Two weeks ago, we were talking to, about Ferris Bueller. No, but. Haven't seen it? Sorry. Yeah. Sneebly is not from Ferris Bueller. It's Ned Sneebly, right? Yeah. Yeah, Ned Sneebly. I've been trying to move my, my online names in a weirder direction. Because I was Seed for a long time. <laughs> And then I was being oh, Schmeb yeah, or Sneeb, and then now I'm being Sneebly. <laughs> what was it at uh, uh, Beep? our old place of work that we used to call it? Oh, you were Seth for some reason at one point? Oh, yeah. One of my coworkers thought my name was Seth and then put it on my name tag. So then I was Seth. Wow. wow. His name's not Seth? <laughs> Which is great. I'm Kinda not like Seth, Warren. no. My name is Sneebly. <laughs> That's just what happens to Warren in this movie. Yeah, that's true. Except Warren well, no, but proposes Warren that gives his the name wrong is name on purpose. Okay. Oh, something about Seth. Um, if you haven't watched the OC, this won't make sense to you. But I thought the dynamic between Lucas and Joe was very similar to the dynamic between Sandy and Seth Cohen on the OC. Hmm. Hmm. Nice. I wish I knew that reference. Two point five. You give 2. it a point five. five. What did you give it? Two point five. Two point five. Two point five. <laughs> Why? Right in the middle. Two point five. Why? I didn't think it was very whack. 
It's a nice, nice movie. Mm. Nice movie. <laughs> there's like, Good there's movie. some absurd things. I actually think it kind of bulls down the middle in a way where it. I wish it was a little more absurd or a little more grounded. Even though I liked it, I think it would be great if it picked a lane. Makes sense. Yeah, I can see that. I still defend what I said um, before that it like it starts off so heightened, and then uh, becomes a more grounded thing thematically. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm always a fan of heightened more than I'm a fan mm-hmm. of grounded. Well, not exclusively, but I would say most of the time, I would prefer to see something that's really weird and heightened than the opposite. Yeah. Um, so with that said, yeah, I mean, it kind of becomes less whack as it goes on. Uh, but I think uh, I still had a really good time with this movie. And um, and this is a positive whack for me. Uh, and it's a it's a three. It's because I only because I only give whole ratings. Wow. Is that, <laughs> nah, is that you know you? what? 3.5. I'm going to give it a 3. <laughs> I'm going to give it a 3.5. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I'm switching it up. Changing it up today. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. You guys thought it was that whack? I thought it was pretty whack. I, I don't know. It went all over the place. whack in a good way. I like it. Hmm. No, I like I think I would... too, but... And it doesn't pick a lane, which is what is a great element of whackness for me. And it's constantly switching okay. the tone, which I liked. I think it did it well. Um, mm-hmm. We jumped from each topic to topic. That was cool. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to give but it I'm a I'm not saying 5. it'd be more whack if it picked a lane. Ah. But what Wait, if it sorry, chose a not whack lane? If it chose a not whack lane, I'd give it less of a number on the scale. But if it chose a more whack lane, it obviously would go up. But it pulls mm-hmm. down the middle, so it's in the middle of the scale. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. I just fine. think it'd be a better movie if it picked a lane. Oh, okay. That's fine. Well, I'm <laughs> I'm giving it a three point five. Why are we fighting? I don't know. I think I think hearing what everybody said, uh I think before I thought it was like not very whack. I thought it was a very like conventional like teen film for the time but i think now hearing what everybody said i don't think it's a conventional teen film i think it is like the most teen film ever because it's trying to do all the teen film things (laughs) at once where it has like that's such a good point where it has like the absurd sort of things from like bill and ted or like dude where's my car and like stoner flicks like that but then it also has like the really emotional parts of like teen melodramas but then it also has like the more like superficial like fun things that you get out of like clueless and it has like the romance that you get from like teen rom-coms it just has like because it has such a huge cast of characters it has a little bit of everything mm-hmm. it checks all those buttons yeah. that's great. yeah it tries to be the most teen film i love that <laughs> yeah that's so, can, I, can i say something hey. yes yeah in the sausage party episode hannah says that she thinks Sausage Party suffers from being very ambitious and also very lazy. And I thought, wow, that's the perfect summary of that movie. Like, th- she's just nailed it. And I think, Nara, you've done it yeah. again. Yeah. You've done yeah, it for this that's movie. That's great. It's the that's ultimate great. teen film. Yeah. If you want everything from a teen film, you get it from Empire Records. Can I bump my score up to a four? 
Are you gonna bump it up to a four? What? Like, cause I, cause I, cause I want, cause I want to give credit to how good of a read that is, and this is the only way I can show it. So it's a four. <laughs> Lack of meter. Damn. Okay, wackometer's getting <laughs> extra ready. credit on the wackometer. Um. Yeah. Let me do this. Okay, I'm let gonna. I'm gonna input fire the numbers. Up the meter. Just inputting these, these scores into the wackometer. Hello. The wackometer brought to you by Skrillex. Yeah. Oh, guess what? It's a nice score of three point five. Hmm. Okay, that's pretty good. What's above and below it? Um. Let me check. So, three point five. God of. Or no, total recalls ab- just above it at three point five six. Nice. Oh my god. <laughs> nice. And just yeah. below it is Josie and the Pussycats at three point one two five. Which is an episode that we sense. have not aired. Do you want me to do <laughs> one that we have aired? <laughs> but you'll get that. No, no, it's fine. It's just a peek. Should we bleep out? I think. The- <laughs> no, I think we should keep hinting at it. I think it's great that the uh, um, conspiracy series is like hidden. <laughs> we are not doing a conspiracy that's awesome. series. Like that's the last episode. <laughs> that's true. That's so funny. Uh, there's one other thing we have to do real quick. What can we take from this film about living in one location? Anything that we learned? What's going to help us? Music. Dancing? Friendship. Music will help. Teen issues. Music and dancing. Teen issues. <laughs> Making some art and not having the, feeling the need to explain it to Warren. Mm. <laughs> oh. That's telling someone you love them. At exactly 137. Oh, it's the only time. That's a good challenge. That's a good challenge. Yeah, okay. tomorrow 137 a.m. tonight. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it at 1 37 a.m such different connotations <laughs> yeah one one thirty seven yeah. tomorrow reach out reach out to a loved one check in and see if they're okay oh yeah that's, that's beautiful oh yeah i was just gonna say I, I i feel like it was even in the last one but yeah community is 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 key oh yeah uh music and community yeah be hidden it's been a good thread in these first two. Just being around people you like makes being in one location so much better. Yeah. And I know we can't be around people we like right now, but to at least communicate with people we like. I mean, this conversation we're having right now is helping me. Mm-hmm. Same. Oh, my gosh. I'm in a great time. My movie will not continue this thread. <laughs> <laughs> Which one are we doing next? All right. No. I still have to pick mine. Sorry, I've been yeah, I've been thinking I'm, of a couple, but uh, I I just don't want to pick anything too dark or sad. I'm trying to get a good good vibe of an inside, so I'll message you guys. Adam, do you have yours yet? We yeah, I'm still choosing between a couples. Okay, I'm still can choosing we do between a couple, so we can do yours next. Yeah. All right, we are watching next week the 1974. Sydney Lumet film Death Trap. Oh God! Yeah. The good vibes end here. Wait, what year did you say it was from? Nineteen seventy-four. I think it's I from eighty-two. I'm looking it up right now. 
Oh, that makes more sense. It's actually. from eighty-two. Oh, I'm excited to see this. Cube. It's a uh, it's if a whodunit, you just right? Google all the things I say, then I'm wrong. <laughs> um, not really, kinda. Oh, okay. it's like a mystery. But it's a murder mystery. Okay, cool. It's like very twisty. Mm. Sick. It's gonna be awesome. Let's go. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Is it based <laughs> off a play? <laughs> Yeah, it's like very clearly based <laughs> off a of play too. We'll talk about that. <laughs> All right. Sick. Amazing. Should I stop recording now? Wait, should we? Well, we have to end this the way that the, the film fest ends. and stuff. Oh right, dance party. Oh the. No, the film ends. Um, yeah, I'm dancing. That's so far for sure. This is the day by the the is playing, and they're all Clueless. dancing on the rooftop, and then it huh? pulls out to an aerial shot of. Delaware. <laughs> oh, we could also argue about <laughs> movies and then hear a car crash in the background and not react to it. Oh yeah, we could put a car crash sound effect. Yeah, let's argue about <laughs> some something. <laughs> what is the best? What about Jawbreaker? Movie. Um. Uh. uh clueless. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna it's say ten, Clueless. It's ten things I hate too. about you, right? It might. It might be Clueless. Uh, it's I'm probably cool. Ten things, things I hate about you would be the runner-up. Isn't ten things two thousand though? Did you guys hear anything? No, I did. I yes. thought ten things was two thousand. What's two thousand? Ten things? No. Oh. Oh, it's nineteen ninety-nine. Oh. I was off by a year. Yeah, it's ninety-nine. No. <laughs> All right, and then this will slow. <laughs> oh my God! I infantry car pilot. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, thank you guys so much for listening to Is It Whack? Um, we want to give a shout out to Emma Kudlak for the art, Ian Mills for the music, and check out our stuff on uh, Instagram and online at Insomniac Fest and InsomniacFestival.com. Go watch a movie or something, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>